Woodley on the beat. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Million Dollar Converse podcast. Now, we have a very, very vibrant spirit here with us, you know. Um, we haven't said much to each other, but I can tell that he's a very real person. We have Mr. Shamar Clark here with us, you know, financial advisor, correct, um, at Sajikor. So, Shamar why don't you go into a simple introduction as to who you are and how you got into the financial markets? Mm. Alright, so the funny thing about that there are, there are two or three stories that I can tell. Alright. I'm gonna to stick to the shortest one. Okay. <laughs> Alright. And uh, so the one the one that um outlines exactly how I really, really and truly ended up as a as an advisor. Right. Alright, Shamar Clark advisor with Sajic Core, financial advisor with Sajic Core. But I've been in the business of giving financial advice for quite some time, just right. informally to friends and whatnot, because of they think we're smart. Of course. <laughs> but it, it, it's not because I was just smart by that, it's because I made a lot of financial uh, blunders. Right. right. So I left from University of West Indies, I uh, studied political science, ended up in the hospitality industry. Right. Uh, but I always wanted to find out, I was, I was curious to find out exactly how you make it. Right. Yeah, of course. Money work for you. Mm. I left, when I left Eden Gardens, uh, I ended up at first global bank in banking because right. that was the next the next best thing to say alright banks have the money so they must know what to do what to do with the money uh, right. so let me go and figure out what to do and right. go into the banking spend a little time mm-hmm. then the other ugly arm or the ugly face of money is, is, is when people owe a lot of money right, right. so I became a bailiff okay the story of, of how I became a bailiff is another, it's another story <laughs> right. so I became a bailiff yeah. mm-hmm. and then from being a bit from becoming a bailiff uh, a friend of mine um, he he was he was killed in a freak accident, right. and that kind of led me because I was it was because of my own accident before. Right. To think about life insurance. And right, 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 He right. passed. So it's a bit traumatic. Yes, yeah, right. it was traumatic. So those are the type of you know it's stressful, but right. Um, when his when he passed on in, in um, twenty sixteen, yeah, it, it it prompted me to to look at life insurance industry. Um, to become a part of it to say you're going that now this is not supposed to happen to young breadwinners right so i took the plunge i took the plunge but at the same time when i was thinking about coming there was there was a late great in the business al walter Grant. he passed and there was this thing was all over the news about this big life insurance man and how much money he left for his family and so, right. so that means he can use this business to create generational wealth exactly right i, I started the journey i ended up going abroad decided not to follow up uh, started this the started journey went abroad spent a couple months mm-hmm. a manager and mentor um kept prompting me to come back and, and, and try it i came back spent a couple months um, doing the courses um going through the, the process because right. it's not like a one day but going through the process the right. process to become a financial, financial advisor, advisor. But, um i think i think it's a, it's a situation where the, the career kind of chose me more than i chose it okay my the person that actually I called to get the interview to become an advisor was mm-hmm. my actual financial advisor. Really? Uh, uh, William. So I called William and William got me involved. As a bailiff, a friend, another friend of mine that was right. there that is also an advisor. Right. Said that Shamar, you are going to fitting for the business. And so when she told me that that day and mm-hmm. she was stressing me to try, right. that's when I took up the phone and I just called William. I said, William. Yes, I need to try. You know? All right. And then he called me and I got the interview. 
started interviewing the story I told her about going abroad, mm. came back, did the things, and then here I am. Right, right. Now, you are a registered financial advisor, as you mm. said before. You mm. went through all those things, you know, life led you. You said it chose you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't choose You didn't choose it, just right? Mm. So, you know, as a registered um, financial advisor, you know, you suggest and render financial services to clients, you know, to suit their needs based on circumstance, correct? Mm -hmm. So, what are some financial planning tools that you would recommend, you know, or what are the most common that you see used today? Tools, right. right. So, funny enough, um, when I look at how, what is supposed to be in your ideal financial portfolio, right. so that's what I do, I, I sit with you and give you a breakdown to say, here what? Tell me exactly what you want to achieve in the next three, four, five, ten years, right? right? And right. based on those plans, I'll, I'll usually give you a structure, right? Right. So some of the structures are some of the common plans that you got. We get to put in form in place for achievement of your goals like this: um, medium-term investment, right. which is unit trust based, right? Because that accumulates that accumulates behind you, so it's working for you while you're not seeing it. Right. Unit trust investment that is um, medium-term. Um, I ensure that I, I I always push for a person to have a pension right. right especially because only 20 percent of the population really has a pension right. right so we push for that so that's one tool to help you to ensure that when you get to mm -hmm. retirement there's some cash for you there mm -hmm. uh i push for person to get their equity accounts open which is their right. stock accounts right so everybody need to be purchasing some form of stocks right, right? that's one of the things that will be discussing a little bit later if if the question might come, might right. come up, right. right? Um, the importance of having stock in your portfolio for just just for regular growth mm -hmm. for no capital next ten years or just for the for for the long future right. retirement. Then you're looking at emergency funds. Right, right, right. An emergency fund is important. Very important. It is vital. Right. Most people understand or appreciate how important it is until you book it too. Right. <laughs> I realize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. once you have an emergency fund or a properly funded emergency fund, with three to six funds are your, your income or your expenses then, right. then it reduces it from being an emergency and it, it comes down to being an inconvenience. Right. Because you can afford it. Of course. You understand? But, and then the other thing that I push is that you need to have proper insurance in place. Right. Life, critical, just like you insure your vehicle mm -hmm. or insure your home right. or you insure your business, ensure that yourself, you're properly insured. Of course. So we health, critical, our life because of the benefits that are associated right. with it. So that's some of the tools. but. Everything that you're looking at right there, yeah. it is there's an underlying thing that we have to start with. And if we don't start there, yeah, yeah we don't get started. So, um, what about deposit insurance? Is that something that um that is offered? On deposit on insurance, right. deposit insurance. You mean you mean on the on, the, on your actual money? The money that you write. I remember your, your, your deposit insurance comes to the, the JDIC right. company like this. Mm. So they are insured to a certain amount. Okay. Right? So it's not something that you come and buy. Right. The deposit insurance okay. is there for the financial institution that um actually have. It. Okay, 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 okay. So now, but everything, mm -hmm. everything I just need to note. So every single thing that I, I recommend, it has to start with the person having right. their budget. Right. That's the main tool for your financial growth. All right. Having a budget. Well, I mean, many people look on investments, you know, nowadays as why is it, why do people look on investments today as an expense? Like, like people people really say, "Oh, I'm losing this amount of money and <laughs> losing that amount of money." You are not losing the money. You are investing the money. There's a big difference between expense and investment. And investments. Well, let me tell you why. Yeah. Because the, uh, the question has come up um, quite some time, and it's me asking the question usually. Right. right. But it's it's it's. I think it's how we've been socialized. Mm -hmm. Right. 
most of us were not were not brought up in where, where we understood what it what it was in terms of financial literacy. Right. You understand? So what we grew up to see is that we like to see all our money bungled up one place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? Yeah. So if we're saying we want to have access to all the money now. So if we if we if we if we've been putting aside a million dollars over the course of two months, we want to see it right as another account. Yeah. Or we can also accessible. Be, it's accessible right. to us. So that is what we consider to, to be good financial <laughs> management. That's how we were brought up. Right. You understand? Yeah. But investments don't work like that. Right. Like you plant the seed and then you walk it and consistently over time and you, you end up reaping. Right. So it is it's the it's the delayed gratification I think. Of course. Why we look at investments as, as an expense rather right. than an income in the future because Investments, if you really look at it, it's really you buying some days in the future from today. Right, right, right. Like where you put that. Yeah, so at some point in time, the money that you're sacrificing to put down today, right. you're going to come to you later on. Later on in life. Right, right. So right. It's just how we were socialized. It's just how we were socialized. Nothing less. It's right. just how we were socialized. So, many individuals listening to this podcast right now, you know, are part of the working class or are about to join the working class. Mm-hmm. Correct? Now, <coughs> We're going to know, therefore, where to put our money and what to do. You just said, you know, the, the key, the key um, asset categories that we need to have, correct? Now, can you explain to us the importance of asset allocation? You know, how important is allocating the various asset um, classes and categories um, based on the amount of money that we have or maybe even our circumstance. All right, so you see the type of assets that you're going to, you're going to want to, you're going to want to hold on to right. or accumulate. Right. It's going to be really dependent on your goals. Right. So when we have a discussion to say, here are going three, four, five, ten years on the line. What is it that you want to hold on to? Because mm-hmm. remember, stocks are assets right. and, and starting a new business is considered an asset. Right. right? Getting into having real estate is also an asset. Yeah. So which is that you want to do? Is it that you want to buy a piece of property mm-hmm. and hold on to it and rent it out for mm-hmm. the future? Mm-hmm. Or is it that you just want to, to, to be involved in the financial market where you literally just buy and sell stocks right. and you, you become a player in the stock market? Right, so what about being what about delving into all of them? Great the so fund it is a balance. So right. It's always going to be a balance. When right. it comes down to asset allocation, it's always going to be a balance. And mm-hmm. I preach balance. So it's not that I just want you to jump into to, to, to merely stocks or mm-hmm. just merely real estate. It's always supposed to be a balance. All right, so don't put all eggs in one basket. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's one of the that was one of the major lessons that has been has been taught mm-hmm. over, over the years when it comes down to investments and mm-hmm. something that we really need to just grab a hold of. Diversify. It's not difficult to do it. Right. You understand? But diversify. Right, 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 right. So I you speak of diversification and you know it's very hard when you have limited funds <laughs> you understand it's very hard when you know you're not taking home that much money you understand but you want to diversify you want to have the the the, the money or the assets in certain asset classes now how can you know let me ask you a question right um so you're earning sixty thousand dollars a month yeah just work working class you just start working sixty thousand dollars a month right and after your expenses, you have twenty thousand dollars a month. I know you 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 want to invest. Right. Which asset class would you invest at twenty thousand dollars? Which mm-hmm. probably stocks. More probably than likely stocks. stocks. So it's twenty thousand dollars, right? right? It's not a lot of money. No, it's not. But you're able to do that, yes? Yes. And you and what if you consistently do it for two more two more months, three more months, five months? So it's compound interest. It's compound interest. So it's kind of compound. Yeah. Right, so I think we're 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 t- we're, we're like we we focus a lot a lot or too much a little bit too much on yeah, the raw income. Mm. They are the raw amount of money that we're mm-hmm. putting in. Rather than the discipline oh, okay. that, we're, that we should be developing, because right. after doing it over, over, over a set period of time, mm. it gives you what we call the benefit of dollar cost averaging, right. especially when it comes down to equities. But then, if 
opportunities will present themselves and so three of us are in this room right and then we have you have twenty thousand dollars in excess you have forty thousand dollars in excess i have a hundred thousand dollars in excess and then we realize that based on what we have now there's a property that's being sold based on his family that he knows it's a property being sold that we has a potential to be rented out mm. right why why don't we um join up and get the mortgage so we can purchase the property and rent it out so group economics so group economics right so it's a, that's always an option mm. but you see if you're thinking about growing your asset column right. and you're growing all by yourself, by yourself right it becomes challenging when it comes down to diversifying if you're looking at your income alone okay but in in the in the, in the interim mm. while while you're focused on your own your liquid self alone right. your liquid income one of the best places to invest or grow your asset column is is through stocks right until then look at the opportunities in the market find some like-minded people because you need to find like-minded people when you're growing assets right. find like-minded people and when the opportunities present themselves partner up partner up partner up right so that gives you the, that gives you the opportunity you know, of, of growing capital quicker right so you can take advantage of things in the market right right so you know we spoke of you know limited amounts of money but mm-hmm. you know the jmd the jamaican dollar it's something that you know we <laughs> You know, on these on the, on the financial markets is not necessarily the strongest. You understand? It's it 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 it's. I see, that, that's what you think, um, it's mild, mildly. Yeah. It's it really is. <laughs> really is a weak currency, and I think we need to. Let's not get into that. But you know, saving Jamaican dollars, saving JMD, saving money in general. You know, it's not. It's the it's the you know primary way of you know accumulating funds by most people. But what we what some of us don't know is that it's not protected from inflation, mm. correct? And you know with every day the Jamaican dollar is weakening, just like every other you know um, fiat worldly currency. currency, fiat currency, right? Mm. Uh, what government tell you say fifty dollar? That's fifty dollar, right? Mm. So, but you know it affects us a bit more. Mm. Now to hedge against such inflation, you know what what kind of what kind of assets or what kind of um, value can you bring to a client or can you you know recommend to a client to hedge against this inflation whether it be of intrinsic value probably precious metals gold silver so commodities that's one that's right. one so mm-hmm. so i want to mention the game that you raise it right. but before i even i even said that let me just clarify i'll right. tell you something, clear right. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dollar is the dollar is, is being beaten out by the silent killer <laughs> inflation. Right. It, it's a global phenomenon. It's it's of existed course. over hundreds of years as long as there's been money. Yeah. Right. Um. There there's been depreciation of the money through right. inflation. Um. The Jamaican dollar in terms of saving, right. saving. Right. It's if you live here, you have to save in JD, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you can do whatever else you want to do. Right. But you have to save in it because you're utilizing the currency. You have to save it or you have to earn it. Which one? Well, you're earning it, but you have to start saving. Saving it. Okay. You can you can convert if you want. Right. But the point I'm making is when you start to invest, regardless of the currency that you're in, when you start to invest. So we're investing in our economy. Mm-hmm. So may I earn the Jamaican dollars and we're putting it back into the into the our unit trust investments or we're putting it back into the stocks or whatever it is and right. watching the appreciation. Of so course. we're earning right. some additional currency on our currency. Mm-hmm. That is one way of beating the inflation. Mm-hmm. So we're putting the monies to work right. in equities. So that is one way you can look at the say to say the Jamaican dollars, even though it's it, it's 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 getting a beaten while mm-hmm. it's beat, but with with inflation, it can have it have the potential to grow through through investing it in equities. Right. Think about what happened to our economy over the last couple of years prior prior to COVID. Yeah. Right? 
Right. When our stock pro, our, our stock market was the highest performing stock market globally. Yeah. Yes, and it's Jamaican dollars in right. investments. Most of the stock performances were in Jamaican dollars. Right. Right. So the gains that you'd have been meeting, that you'd have been getting by investing in Jamaican dollars, would far su supersede what you'd have been getting if you were investing in US dollars. Right. Yes, and mm -hmm. so in that scenario, it shows you where Jamaican dollar, even though it's been, even though it's been beaten out with right. inflation have the potential to give you some good but revenue. that means even if you invest let's say you invest 10 million dollars for the future that 10 million dollars later won't be the same 10 million it won't be the same million dollars so that's right. what so so what you need to be doing is looking at so in jamaica you know our real estate is, is totally different now what happens of course. globally right. right it trends up so that's one way if you're investing in real estate in jamaica that's one way of avoiding a beating inflation so right. that so let me not say avoid but beating <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so real estate is one way to go right. so once you can get involved in that if you if you're investing in the property itself right the so it's hard the hard so it's really estate, capital appreciation that you're it's capital appreciation so mm -hmm. capital appreciation is one way you mm -hmm. can look at right yeah buy a property today you bought that 27 million mm -hmm. two years later that's valued at 34 million mm -hmm. two more years from that is valued at 42 million right. it's keeping ahead of inflation right. you buy a stock today at at, at ten dollars next year it value thirty dollars so mm -hmm. stocks are a good way so equities are a good way to, mm -hmm. to avoid our beat inflation mm -hmm. another way is, is, is through real estate if you don't have the ability or the cash flow to divert to directly buy a property they are real estate investment Rates. funds right. they have read they have read funds that you can invest in right, right so these are these are some other ways that you can look at ensure that when you're shopping around for getting loans because mm -hmm. most persons that are living on loans are some form of loans right. ensure that you try to get the ones with the least interest rate right right so the lowest interest rate is what you're looking at mm -hmm. when you're saving your dollars rather than just investing so you don't have to you have a dollar sitting in a bank or whatever it is try to look for the like accounts that give you the highest interest rate oh, okay. right yes. so at least the disparity between the inflation and and the, and the interest that is being earned right, right. you, you kind of reduce it oh, okay, 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 okay. so things like that and educate yourself about about um, unit trust investments unit trust would give you the opportunity of earning or Staying ahead of the inflation, mm -hmm. when you're doing investments, another 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 point you know when you're doing investments, most investments that you're doing with uh, with companies or even like in, um, insurance, so look at insurance for that matter. So you can look at insurance as a long-term investment, good. And there's a there, there, there's a, there's an option when you're doing in insurance or the investments within right. the company right. to link it to inflation. Correct. So what that does, it allows it to grow ahead of inflation. Right. All right. Or you can index it. So every year if you're doing an investment or a saving, you can know that each year you're going to consistently increase the amount that you're, contri you're, 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 you're contributing. So what that does is give you a compounding effect. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Right. yes so yes. those are just some of the options that you can use to to beat inflation, right. inflation is always going to be there. Yeah, it is. It's an escape. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a yeah, right, right. So you spoke about insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, and usually, you know, um, people tend to have these insurance policies over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know, and I was watching a a video, and um, I think it was Ernie Leisure, and he was saying that, you know, he had a friend. He had a friend that um, invested in an insurance policy and you know it was over 10 years and he had his wife at the time and his wife was a primary beneficiary mm. and you know they left then mm -hmm. you know she's the ex-wife she get all the money plus <laughs> she get and then when he you know passed on i mm. think then you know she was left there as a primary beneficiary it was not updated the policy was not updated and she got all of his money right yeah, so she's the ex-wife yes right she's the ex-wife so you know that's that's a serious situation i'm not, I'm not sure if it's ha if it happens frequently in jamaica mm. but can you explain to us 
the importance of you know updating that policy keeping checks and keeping tabs on that policy and how important it is to even establish an insurance policy all right so three questions and they're good questions so let right. me take them on in stride right. it's very important to update the information as you go along now they said the average person buys up to eight insurance policies throughout their lifetime so there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a the discipline that most advisors put in force that we enforce is right. that we at least meet with you twice per year, mm -hmm. right? On the anniversary of the policy just to do a review mm -hmm. or on your birthday then. Right, right. Right? Special days. So upon your review consistently you should now be able to share the information to the advisor as to what has changed. So you should always be in a situ in a position where you're consistently upgrade updating the information. Within the year you have a child within the year. Call the advisor, ensure that this information is, is, is related so the policy can be the changes can be made to the policy. So the owners is also, while it's on the advisor as well, to reach out to the client to just find out what has changed in your life, mm. the owners is on you, the policy owner, to ensure that you, if any, there's any change in your life, you, you communicate it to the advisor. Mm. So for that particular person, that scenario that you painted, you know you, you, know you get divorced. <laughs> You know know that Members of this day and yeah, the policy and right. change. Right. You understand? Mm. Um, how important it is now to that question, how important it is to get an insurance policy? Vital. Vital. Important. And we're talking about health insurance because if you do get sick, you need to utilize it. It's, it's, it's better for you to spend $20,000 rather than spend $100,000 on right. policy. Right. Just by having a piece of card in your pocket of that you already paid for. Mm. Critical illness insurance. Think about you getting sick. Me and you there now, you get feel a little pain in your belly right. and you go to the doctor and the doctor says it's cancerous. Right. Where would you get the money to, to, to try to, to fight this cancer? Right, right. So that's that without without even going further I can ex that explains to you how important it would be to really get a policy in place. Mm -hmm. And the sooner it is. Life insurance same thing. Now life insurance has a lot of benefits that person really it's not that they don't know, but sometimes they hear the information and you end up forgetting. Right. When you buy the property, you're going to need life insurance for the mortgage full stop. You can't get around it. Right? Life insurance goes on it goes similar to how a pension goes once you have a whole life policy where the premiums are being invested and the interest is being stored on policy. Where when you get to retirement, if it is that you don't have no need for it at that point in time, yeah. you can surrender and collect the cash of the policy. Okay. So you can literally use a life insurance. It serves two purposes. Oh. If you're dead too soon, right. you live too long. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, which, which, which so so those are some of the major benefits of getting it but think yeah. about this. The cost that you pay for the life insurance today, mm -hmm. I'll even put it in context to show you. In 2014, when William approached me, William sold me, uh, it was $6 million of life insurance. Mm. For that time, I was paying $2,000 odd dollars um, for the $6 million. Um, and I, I was putting another 2000 something in savings right. or investments right. on the side of the policy. So that was $4,000 for a $6 million benefit. Mm. Now, I bought some insurance for myself and in, in January, some additional insurance. Not going to tell you the exact coverage, but the rate at which I bought it. If I was supposed to buy about the same, just $6 million, mm -hmm. it would have now cost me $6,000 for the same. For the same. For the same. Same, same. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So $6,000 off of $6 million, we would have paid 
two thousand dollar. Right. And you remember, it's not. It's not just six thousand dollars. You know, it's that means there are four thousand dollar difference every single month, every year right. for X amount of until my death. Right. So if I don't die and I get to retirement, you know how much money that right. would I end up spending for the same coverage? Yeah. Where am I gonna have it earlier? Right. Insurance gets more expensive as time goes on, and mm. if it is that my my health had changed, I might not have been able to even get the policy. Right. So it's important for you find once you don't have the coverage, you know, find out exactly what the proper coverage is for you and your family, and get it in place, get it enforced. Because all you gonna sorry later on when you go, right. and you, something happens and you don't have. Does this run into estate planning as well? Of course, mm. it's a big part of estate planning. Right. Cause think about you going the bigger estate bill, and mm. when you pass off and leave it, mm. so you now have a two hundred million dollar estate, right. and it's pretty much really hard, hard, hard real estate. Right. So some you have some land country and some property where you see your rent or what's in your name. Mm. So you drop down there to mom, what happens? What happens to what mm. happens to the property? Mm. They they have to find a certain amount of cash to be able to, to use for transfer taxes, legal fees, all these things to just move the estate from here name. To so the family members, the beneficiary. Will it out? Mm. You understand? What happens then? You're not a currency, you're not a cash. You have a whole part, you have a hundred million or two hundred million with the property, but no cash. No cash, right. Right? So the life insurance knows the purpose of life insurance oh, okay. in the estate planning is to provide the cash. Does it give me that those annuities? Like after a while. Can you explain annuities to us? Because you know, it's something that many people are curious about but they don't quite get the concept on how annuities work all right so so what i tell you that an annuity so you can consider a pension annuity right. so you understand how a pension works no can you explain to so us so a, a pension now you've been saving over one number of years mm. right so mm. you know a certain amount of money for a number of years so it's building up it's growing and compound without taxes so it's tax deferred right. so when you get more money you now it's this money now starts to give you an income of consistently per month because right. of the lump sum of money that has been accumulated right. over time period so it's a replacement of your paycheck exactly. once you reach a certain age you want a portion of your paycheck a portion a portion of your paycheck okay yeah i promise that but just think about it this way so yeah. you put, you're putting in a portion of your pay now yeah. for a number of years and it is compounding over time right. and it will come back to you as an income later on so that's really what i mean with think mm. about a lump sum of money that you give to an institution mm. and they give you now a monthly installment for for income in your pocket so that's really what it is Right. So a pension is really an right. right. I'm sure you you know you deal with a lot of clients on a daily basis, monthly, yearly. Mm -hmm. You understand? And you know, you have various policies, various investment tools for them. But how how important is a personal relationship with some of these clients, with some of the, 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 the customers? Because I won't call them customers, I yeah. call them clients. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was about to tell right? you the right way the first time. Right. So how important is that personal relationship that you know that goes just beyond the money because i'm not saying that yes the primary the primary reason why you're in business is because you know insurance or you set up a certain policy and certain investments right but to keep that you know that interpersonal relationship with that client how important is that when to the, the sustenance of the business that is well to the sustenance of the business is vital right. um you, as I said, you, you said it derived from before your clients. Right. So your clients now become so intertwined in your entire lifestyle. It's not even funny. So it, it sometimes it, 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 the line between where it becomes personal and business it, it's so blurred at times because your clients literally become like family members. Family, right? You understand? It's difficult to to, to determine. Yeah, holy but family, yeah. Holy family. <laughs> <laughs> I some of my best friends. I tell you, some of my best right. friends are people that I met as as clients. Clients, initially. right? You understand? And right now, them they. I can't explain it to you. Right. They are family, literal family. Mm -hmm. it, when it comes down to the lifeblood of the business, right? 
consistent referrals. You understand? So you've been taking care of persons over a number of years. Right. You make sure say them business good. You make sure say them have some pension. Right. You make sure say all oh, them health care good so any little thing happen, you know, say them you sort them out with critical illness, you help them when they buy them property, right. things like this. So you've been servicing their policies over the over the over the over a number of years. These people persons are the people that consistently refer business to you. You understand? And a consistent referral of business to you is going to feed into your bottom line. Right. You understand? Right. So that's where the business part comes in. But the business part comes in after you have been servicing and taking care of your clients. Right. Right. So my, my little mantra is, is really simple. When it comes down to how I do business, mm-hmm. I, I don't sell the policies. Right. So I take care of the client's needs. So taking care of the client's needs sells policies. Right. right? And sell it. Yeah. So right. That's why I got it. Okay. Um, yeah, man. It, it, it's, it's important. It's. I think most agents, 99% if not 100% of agents, understand and know is that this is, this is part of the business that um, it's, when I say it's essential, it's essential. Because right. you want, once you're looking at this business as a career, or any business as a matter of fact, when it comes down to customer service as a right. career, right. you know you have to really take care of the clients. Because once you take care of them, they take care of you. Right. You understand? So it's, it, it, it's, it's what it is. Right, right. So, in wrapping up, wrapping up this, this, this interview, this is, this is loaded jam-packed with information that is necessary especially for our demographical listeners because this podcast really caters to majority mm. it would be the the gen z to the millennials right so i think oh. this is something that you know they need to listen to you know they might not see it as an importance no right but you know later maybe the millennials more than the gen z's right they know that they, this is something that they have to take into consideration if they haven't started already mm. no but you know Thank you for taking the time out, Shamar. Um, you know, Cal, just before we wrap up, how can people get in contact with you just in case they need, you know, to sign up a policy or get some information? Oh, pretty easy, man. Um, you can find me. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you just said it was Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Instagram. So I am Shamar <laughs> Clark. So I am, I think, I am underscore Shamar full stop Clark. I think that's, it, that's my Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, Shamar Shezzy Clark on Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Um, Shezzy was a back in the day, you know, you're going like yeah, yeah, you get a nickname. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can find me at if you want to email me, mm-hmm. Shamar underscore Clark at sagicore.com. Mm-hmm. My location is here, 35 to follow. Or the best way to get me is really to either call or WhatsApp. Okay, I get a lot of WhatsApps now. Can you give us the WhatsApp number? Um, 325 6944. Mm-hmm. All right, so the call number is the same 325 6944. All right, pretty easy to get to. Yeah, man. All right, thank you again. Thank you again, Shamar. Um, you have been you know very i wouldn't say inspirational but this is this is that <laughs> this is that episode that is very applicable yeah to real world scenarios to real situations right and behalf of on behalf of hustle of j mm-hmm. and you know on behalf of our listeners we'd like to say thank you again and you know enjoy the rest of your life you know have a fruitful career and continuous you know um benefits continuous growth you know well, I, 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 I really that, i, I really what the name of the creator right so we wish you well you know continued success and this has been an excellent episode guys leave a leave leave a leave a comment leave a rating you know um get in contact with shamar if this is something that you need which is everybody as he said during the interview needs so use up resources Walk good, live good, hustle J, we're out. Alright? Peace.